Hey everyone, thanks for checking out another episode of the Randy Forcier podcast. This week I'm joined by Jeff Bennett. Jeff is the owner of Smart Home Solutions in Kennebunk. We have a great conversation about him starting that business back in 2004, growing it over the past 18 years, some of the challenges he's faced, some of his keys to success. It's a great discussion. I think you'll really enjoy it. Jeff is actually the godfather to my youngest daughter, Nora. He's someone I look up to a ton in both life and business. So I was really happy to have him come on the podcast this week. So hope you enjoy that. If you could do me a huge favor also, I would appreciate if you could subscribe to the podcast on Spotify and or Apple, ideally both, and then like the Facebook page, the Randy Forcer podcast Facebook page. That would be great. So thanks and enjoy the podcast. Hey, Jeff, thanks for coming on. How you doing? Good, Randy. How are you? I'm doing good. Jeff is the owner of Smart Home Solutions in Kennebunk. Jeff, why don't you give us a little bit of background on yourself and tell us a little bit about your business? Yeah, so I've owned my business for since 2004. So a lot of years, a lot of gray hair, less hair. But uh, yeah, (laughs) I do home electronics for, you know, residential homes. We do some light commercial as well but predominantly in the residential market. We do home, home theater systems, audio systems like Sonos or other brands out there, Blue Sound. We do, we're a Luchon lighting and shading dealer. So anything technology related, Wi-Fi systems, yep. you know, all those things. So anything, anything low voltage technology related we can handle. I can't believe it's been almost 20 years since mm. Smart Home Solutions has been around. Right? Yeah, 2004 yeah. seems like ages ago. It's kind of crazy to think about it, and it seems like it does seem like a long time. I will say that in a way, but I think I always feel like since like 2008 and nine, it's almost like a different business. You know, I went through that recession, and that was one of those things where I was like, as a business owner, I was like, okay, so where's the business? Where am I going to get my next paycheck, and yeah. how am I going to pay people? And so that was a very difficult time of my business. And then obviously since then, it's been, it's been great, except for, you know, the first part of the pandemic and the first month and a half when I was like, again, felt like I was going back and it was like, oh my God, here we go again. You know? yeah. And then since then, it, I, yeah, a month and a half in, it turned into, we haven't stopped. So yeah. it's been a great ride so far and, you know, got great employees, you know, we got, eight employees now. So, you know, starting from when it was just me to eight people, you know, it's nice to be able to provide um, an income for those people and for them to, you know, you know, obviously, you know, I get stressed about, you know, as a business owner, you want to feed their families, you want to make sure everybody's taken care of. So that's the the big part of owning a business that a lot of people don't see is that, you know, the stress that I think a business owner has make sure that they, you know, take care of their people. Um, going back to 2004, why did you get into this business at the time? What was it about it that drew you to it? Yeah. Well, I was in corporate IT, you know, out of school, out of computer science degree. And I just, I had wired my own house in 2000 for electronics at the time. It was just mostly just speakers and everything and network and stuff. And then. You know, I company I worked for in in 2003 decided to go. They went bankrupt. 
it was a dot com and they basically, you know, for, and for, it started in like 2002, but for a, a year and a half, it was just like people leaving, you know, you show up in the morning and there's people walking out with boxes cause they lost their jobs. And I was in the, I was in the sales side, engineering sales side of things. So I was, you know, the last people to go, you know, essentially cause they needed to keep the salespeople up there selling the whole time. And I think that for me, it was like, once that happened and I ended up getting laid off, I was like, I'm not working for someone else again. Yeah. And you know, but my parents owned businesses. My, my dad was a builder and then they owned a restaurant. So I grew up kind of having businesses and being around business. So for me, it was like a natural thing to want to own a business. I just didn't know what it was. And then it just kind of hit me and I didn't want to make the commute to Boston. I was commuting to Boston every day from, from Maine. And I, I decided. I remember that. Yeah, I was that enough. I don't want to do it anymore. I want to find something I want to do up here. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I kind of married, I, I did, I've always been interested in building industry, obviously as a kid being around it. So yeah. for me, it was just finding my fit, which was kind of, kind of marry the two being a building and technology and how I can yeah. it together. So it seems like a great fit from that sense as a computer science guy, tech guy, being able to be involved in the building construction side of things, but in a, in a niche that was probably pretty new back then, right? Were there a lot of companies that were similar to yours or were you one of the well, first? There wasn't, I mean, there's probably, it still isn't, there still isn't a lot in Maine yeah. in general. There's probably six companies in all of the state. Throughout Maine. the whole state or Southern Maine? Yeah, just the state. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if like, I mean, there's obviously single guys that do it, but like from yeah. a company standpoint, they have someone has more than, yeah, I would say four employees, three to four employees, I would think is a, what I would consider like, someone that's not by themselves, just kind of doing their own thing, which is fine either way. I started that way. That's how I, I, I did everything myself. And, and so that's how I kind of built my business. But I would say that there's not a lot of talent pool in this market of what we do. So yeah, that's always a challenge, but yeah, it's definitely the educational side of things. I spent years doing that, you know, educating people on technology, telling them about what we do, how we do it. You know, people didn't think that, you know, they needed it. And all of a sudden now they need it or want it. I should say it is a want. It's not a need, but it is a want. But I would say networking and Wi-Fi systems are pretty much a need nowadays. So it's like having electricity. And if your network doesn't work, we're not doing this right now. So yeah, super important, of course, for that. But the home theater stuff, the automation stuff, security system stuff, those are definitely still wants at this point. But there's a huge market of people that, that want those things, I would think. Yeah. And it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, no, our focus, we do a lot of, you know, automated shading and lighting yeah, control. Yeah. And if you had asked me eight years ago, I would have told you I didn't want to get into that business, but yeah. it's now the biggest part of our business now. Really? Yeah, we do a lot of it and we're, you know, we do a pretty good job at it. So it's one of those things where people come to us now and ask us to do it because they've heard of the work that we've done. So, yeah. but it's taken a while because that's not something that um, most people think an EV guy would do, but, but we, you know, because we integrate everything, you know, and, and tie it all in. So at a button push, they can make, you know, a hundred shades go down if they wanted to in their house yeah. you know, or yeah. more. So it's kind of one of those things that it takes the talent on the programming side to make that happen. So we, you know, obviously do the install side of it as well. So we can control the whole thing and make sure that it's done the way we want it to be done. So that at the end of the day, the product in the, in the experience of the customer is what we want. Yeah. It reminds me as we talk about that, how much your business has probably changed 
since 2004, I think back to when me and Tara built our first house and how you were helping us wire just for some exterior speakers, mm -hmm. uh, some speakers in the ceiling in our living room and just some of that basic stuff. Like that was probably more of what you were doing back then, yeah. right? And it's changed so much since then. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I named the business Smart Home Solutions because I wanted to do automation. And when I started in 2004, people were like, what? Automation? I don't know what you're talking about. Smart home? I have no idea what a smart home is. Yeah. And little did I know that smart home would become a household name as far as, oh, a smart home. You have a smart home. I mean, that's not really what I wanted, what I thought it was going to be. You know, in hindsight, I wish I could probably change the name in a way because I feel like it's, it's such a great name. It's, yeah, I know, it's, but it's one of those things where it's like, oh, you know, everyone uses it now as a terminology, not as a business name, right? So everyone just says, Oh, a smart home, you know, so it's not really, you know, every product that's on the marketplace is a smart home piece, you know, yeah, so it's all, just, the, all the Alexa type stuff. And yeah. Yeah. Google. So it's just like, I feel like, a, you know, obviously in hindsight, it might've changed it, but you know, it also, I think it resonates with people that they know what I do. So I don't have yeah. to really, it's, now that they know what smart home is, they don't, I don't have to really explain it. I mean, they know kind of the stuff that we can handle, but yeah, that's, that's kind of a cool thing, I guess. With the foresight to name it that, which I, at the time, wasn't, you know, was an early ter terminology standpoint. You should have patented smart home at should the have. time, right? Yeah, it yeah. was, yeah. Probably someone else had already had the name somewhere <laughs> in the country, but I didn't know. <laughs> but, you know, my last thing I need to do is get in any legal battles about names, you know, <laughs> 10 years later, you know. But it's funny to see what smart home has turned into in that period of time. So back then it was a lot of like speaker sound system stuff. And, yeah. you know, now it's, like you said, Wi-Fi, shades. Do you do a lot of home theater stuff still? Or is that like a... I still do. You know, this, you know, Maine is not the, you know, I guess, home dedicated home theater capital of the world here. But it, we do a lot of surround sound systems, I would say, you yeah. know. So most people have something in their living room. They want a sound bar. They want, you know, a subwoofer and some speakers. That's, I mean, that's what I would call a standard home theater nowadays, but there is people that want those dedicated rooms and, you know, and those are pretty special places to enjoy a movie. And especially now since COVID people didn't want to go out to the movie. So pe more people were doing stuff into their basement. So we did a few more than we had done in the past because people wanted yeah. to have that experience right in their home. I could see that. I mean, we did something in our basement like that. I'm sure a ton of people did. People weren't spending money going out all the time and vacation. So a little bit more money to dedicate towards stuff like that in their own house. So that probably helped. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Helped a little bit, you know. I don't feel like your business is one that is going away anytime soon, but I'm interested to see how it changes over the years to come. Like, do you get a glimpse into any stuff that's coming down the road that you're like, oh, wow, I could see doing that as, as a bigger part of our business or what you're into right now is like what you see for the foreseeable future? Yeah. You know, it's, you know, we're, you know, I got a, one of the companies we deal with does a lot of solar stuff and battery backups. And so we've got, I have a whole bunch of batteries stacked up in the back room because we, yeah. we we're going to demo it and kind of start to see if it's something we want to, to do, you know, and, and bring in as another, I mean, I don't necessarily know, see myself putting solar panels on houses, but but I would be more on the lines of, you know, controlling those and, and getting the data from those panels and also being able to leverage that the extra storage of energy that they could then sell back through batteries yeah. that they have on staff and knowing how much, you know, that stuff is. So that's where I see ourselves possibly doing that. 
another thing that we've been doing a lot of, which is not something I thought I would do is we, um, we do a lot of uh, with product called Ketra, but and other products too, that we do, but, but lighting control. So it's, but it's, uh, you know, you know, very human centric lighting. So it's dimmable. It changes colors based on the time of day. So it gives yep. you what the feel of what's going on outside. It's very technical, but the yep. feel is the idea is that it gives you what the, if it's like really bright outside, it can make it really bright on the lights inside so that it feels the same way. And then it can uh -huh. wind you down at the end of the day, you get down to like that candlelight 1500 Kelvin temperature. And then it like your body starts to wind down for the day. You're not still at that 3000 Kelvin inside your yeah. house and the brightness you have, and then you shut your lights off. So it kind of helps you with uh, your wellness and stuff. So that's something that we're, we're doing. We have a few projects going with that right now. Yeah. And that's something I see as a growing business of ours. That's interesting. Now, it is. Well, it's kind of, it's kind of like little, <laughs> a little interesting, but also a little hard to understand sometimes. And even explain until I actually demo here in the showroom. And so that's kind of nice to be able to show it because it's a lot easier to see it in action than it is to, to talk about it. But I get the concept. I see it on my computer screen how it changes colors at nighttime, or you know, people have blue light glasses and how the type of light that they mm. experience at different times of day can affect their body. So I guess it makes sense that people would be trying to mimic that in yeah. their home with their general lighting or in their office. Yeah, or... I mean the fixtures right now obviously are you know a lot more expensive than I'd like to see them, uh, but I think that'll come down with time and like everything that you know comes out new and. And newer technology, it, you know, eventually becomes more of a commodity and then it, the price comes down and then it's something that everyday people can do, you know, and I think that'll happen over a five or 10 year span. You know, yeah. it'll be something that we do all the time. Like, like I said, I never thought I'd be selling light fixtures, but it's, it, it, those light fixtures are part of our, our programming and what we do. Yeah. And help. Yeah. It makes sense. What has been some of your biggest challenges over the years in this business or just a business owner in general. Yeah. I mean, I'd say like, I mean, the biggest challenge I mean, right now is, is finding people like employee based trying to grow, you know, that's, I'd say the, my current issues and, and tough for me, because I mean, we're, I'm trying to hire people that have experience just because we're, you know, I have a couple of guys that are younger and I'm trying to train them. So bringing on another person, which I'm actually got a person starting on Monday, but so it's like, you know, they're new to this, this field. So we have to kind of train them. So it, I mean, most of the people that have come through the door here and that have worked for me have didn't know what we do. And so they've had to learn. And, uh, you know, I have some long-term employees that have been with me a long time, which is great. And they know the business and, and that's, those are the people that you just want to find the next person that's going to stick around. That's going to want to learn the stuff that wants to, you know, better themselves, be a good employee, a good you know steward to the business and making sure that they work hard, you know. Are you still actively looking to hire? Yeah, or, I mean, I'm always looking for, you know, talented people. I mean, I think I would say uh, probably every business in this country is probably doing the same thing. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, I mean, this is a common challenge that I've heard since I've been doing these podcasts. Staffing continues to be a huge issue. Yeah. So it makes sense. I think the other challenges, like I mentioned to you, was, you know, the 0809 going through that. You know, that was a big, like I said, I didn't. I was thinking about shutting the doors down because we just didn't have the business just dropped off to nothing. And I was at the point where I had a young family and I was like, okay, what am I going to do? Like I need income, but there was, the business wasn't there. I don't think that this, whatever we're going to be potentially looking at as, you know, it's a lot different kind of a recession or whatever we're in yeah. right now. 
whatever you want to call it. I don't see that affecting, you know, my business so much like it did back then. I yeah. think they'll continue. And I've already seen that. Obviously, we're still getting phone calls and people are still asking us to do things, and which is great. And I appreciate all that. So it's more like, you know, I don't see it being as bad as it was then. It's just different now. Oh, eight, oh, nine. That was a whole different animal. It seems like now, you know, people might be struggling. Inflation might be high and all that stuff. But the people that have money and are doing well continue to do well. And the people that are going to, you know, use your type of products, I would think, probably aren't going to be really affected by some of this stuff going on. So hopefully that continues to be the case for your business. You guys continue to throw. Yeah, we hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the other side of things, what's been some of the keys to your success? Like, how have you gotten to this point? What, what do you think's worked well for you over the past few, you know, 18 years now? Yeah, and I think, you know, taking risks, you know, I mean, I think any business owner or any person that's looking to start a business, I think having, you know, that, you know, have that comfortability on taking risks and putting yourself up there financially is a challenge. And it's one of those things that never goes away. You're always worried and, and struggle with the idea of, I would say failure, which failure is not a problem. It's just that, you know, you just never, you, you, you always want to keep yourself financially solid. So making sure that you do take calculated risks. I always say like, if it wasn't for my wife, I would probably not be doing this because if I bounce everything off from her and she would probably, I would probably spend money where I should, because if it wasn't for her to tell me now that it's not a good idea. So I, you know, having, and that leads to having a great partner, whether you know, in, in, in life that is behind you and what you do. Um, so I think that's a key for me is that, you know, she believes in me and is willing to, you know, when I first started this and I wasn't making a whole lot of money, I said, no, I'll build this. It will happen. I'll make it happen. And I'm sure maybe when you started doing your stuff and, and kind of going on on your own that you were like, you know, it was a little nerve wracking, a little stressful to, to, to do that and take a jump to something, something new. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, when I started in this business, it was, I started at a hundred percent commission right off the bat. So you go into mortgages in 2008, 2009, when the market is what we were already talking about with, you know, no guaranteed anything is wild. And it was nice to have, you know, Tara with a job and same yeah. thing for Sandy, you know, so, and their support and all that stuff along the way. And then you get to the point all these years later where you finally built something and it's starting to work a little bit better. I mean, you always do have those fears, like you said, you know, like, business has been great over the years, but you know, I'm always thinking like, all right, well, how are we going to get through this winter? What's, you know, what's going to happen with interest rates? Cause they, you know, they're going through the roof right now, but I think that's just part of being someone that's in business for themselves, self-employed. And it is nice to have that partner that, to help get yeah, through. I, mean, I think business and most businesses in general don't flatline. They're just, it's kind of a, like a roller coaster, yeah. and that's the, you take the goods with the bads and you kind of just, I would say the bads, you just try to hold on. Just hold on until you can get to the better parts, you know, because it's going to happen. I mean, if you have a business for any period of time, you know, everyone says your first five years of business are, you know, if you make it for the first five years, you're going to be successful and your business is going to last, right? That was my biggest concern. Get to five years. See if I can yeah. do it, right? And then once I got to that, it's like, okay, well, I don't want to fail at eight or ten because now I'm really bad, right? So you're always constantly trying to grow your business and, and keep it sustainable, but it is. It is has its ups and downs and peaks and valleys, and you got to just kind of go with it. You know, I think the other thing, you know, for me that I've learned from running a business is just if you just do the right thing, it's pretty simple. Do the right thing for people, like your customers and your employees, and running a business really isn't that difficult. If you do those main do things, 
things like will happen for you. People will hear about you because of your reputation, because of how you took care of a customer, or your employees will talk highly of you in front of a customer because of how you've taken care of them. So those are the kind of simple things that any person that's looking to build a business can, can do. It just answer the phone, return phone calls as best you can, be responsive, treat people right. And I think it's pretty easy, it's stressful, but easy, you know, like in yeah. a way, you know, it's not a, it's not a hard methodology. It's just more just putting it into practice. Nope. That's, that's all very straightforward and stuff I can relate to in my business too. But, yeah. I mean, I see, but the, still, you know, your reviews that you get online, I see those people saying, you know, Randy's great guy, treat me, you know, help me every step of the way, answered all my calls, whatever hour of the night that I'm sure Tara appreciates greatly that you're answering calls at 10 o'clock. She night. loves it. Yeah, well, so, yeah, but those, those are parts of owning a business and try to make sure you do right by your clients. And that's a tough part. You know, people don't see because everyone else, some people leave their job at five or four and it's like, it's done, you know, they don't, they don't pick it back up till the next morning, but as a business owner, yeah, you're always, on. I can't imagine it that way. I mean, if, if you're operating that way, you're probably answering to somebody or mm -hmm. I like a lot of the flexibility that we have in, in being in business for myself, but yeah, that does come at a cost and it's being available. But like you said, just try to focus on helping people. And I think the money side takes care of itself. The success side kind of takes care of itself. I think a lot of people would give that same advice, but I think it's great. So I know, you know, at the end of the day, business, I've always built my business organically. I've never wanted to build it and they will come kind of mentality. So it's taken a lot longer to maybe build the business I've wanted to, or to where I'm at, but like, I also didn't want to take a ton of debt out to start my business. So I didn't want to yep. have that financial burden. So everything I've done has been based off from profit of the business that I put and reinvested and reinvested and reinvested over years. And so that's how I did it, you know, but there is some people that feel like if they want to shoot for the stars, great. I like risk, but I'm also like, want to make very calculated ones. So be smart know. about it. Yep. That yeah. makes sense. Be safe. Now, one of the things that you did. God, I don't know how long it's been now, but when did you open up your space, your new space that you're in now? Has it been five years? Four, five uh, years? Yeah, 2017, Cassandra and I purchased this build, a building that we're in and we have probably one of the better things that I did as a business owner was to buy real estate and house my business in it. And then I have tenants that, that rent for me as part of the building. Okay. And you also have that storage facility behind the building as well, yeah. which is one of the yeah. things that we're talking about there. Yeah, a small self-storage business that wasn't really something I was looking to do when I first bought the building. I didn't really know anything about it, but it's turned into a great little business that's not overly, I mean, it's not a big one, so it's not overly complex and there's not a lot going on. So it's pretty easy to maintain as a, not having running a different business. It's not like it takes up a lot of my time. So yeah, it works out pretty well. It is a, it is a fascinating business though for me. It's something that I... I thought about investing in over the years of building at, at yeah. different points. Obviously I haven't pulled the trigger on that yet, but so when you bought the building and got because that, that space, because of that risk, it's tough. It's tough. It's a lot of yeah. risk. Yeah. The idea of building anything for me is overwhelming, right? Cause I don't trust anyone to get the job done. I hate depending on people. I feel like in this world right now, you can't count on any builder to build anything for you in a reasonable time frame with a reasonable cost. So that idea is out the window. Then it would just be a matter of buying something that's existing, which I don't know how often that stuff turns over, but it's definitely something that seems like fairly low maintenance, right? I mean, a few people might move their stuff out on a monthly basis, if that, but other than that, yeah. it's just providing clean, safe yeah. space. Yeah. Like I, 
work this morning to clean a unit out so that someone could move in from the previous tenant. So, I mean, it doesn't happen all the time, but yeah, I, I mean, it definitely takes a little bit of my time, but it's not something that's, like I said, a lot, but if I had, you know, a bigger space, a bigger amount of units, and I think that would probably take up a little bit more time. But that being said, it's a relatively low impact business on myself, on my, my quality of life. And diversifies things for you too, though. So it's nice to have that extra income that's totally unrelated to what your primary business is. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to own a business, a building. I always did. I never knew that I could. And I rented for 10 years, 10 plus years, to be honest. I, I started out of my house initially. And then I had a storage, believe it or not, I had a storage unit that I had product and stuff in. Yeah. I was renting from someone else. But then I rented a property and then... And I was paying rent for over 10 years. And it just, to me, it was like, what am I doing? You know, how long do I want to do this? I mean, they were great landlords and everything, but it wasn't about them. It was about what, what do I want? How do I want to, what do I see my future being as far as what I can and can't do from investments and what my retirement going to look like. And yep. when I kind of said, well, if we don't do this now, like we're younger, we should buy this now or while well, we still can, we're before, you know, it's, we're in our late fifties. And then it's like, why buy it? Why buy something yeah. at that point? Cause you're just, you know, by the time you retire, it's not, you're not going to do it much with it, you know? And the timing was right. It worked out. You know, that's more mm -hmm. of a luck thing than anything, but buying in 2017 is probably a good time to buy, but your location's great. Route one, Kennebunk, that whole area has kind of come alive even more than it already was in that period of time. So yeah, so we're surrounded by a lot of great businesses, Hancock Lumbers right down the, yeah. down the street. So lumber stores, I have a couple of my tenants. I have a cabinet company in my, that's a tenant of mine. I have a interior designer. That's a tenant of mine. So we kind of complement in the area. There's a couple of builders locally. So yeah, it's kind of nice to have a group of people that are all in that same area of Kenny bunk that are, and there's like, you know, we have tons of other people that we work with that have businesses elsewhere on route one and in the Arundel and stuff. But I think it's kind of nice to have this little corridor that's been growing and being updated and which is kind of nice. It's good that you have that space filled and it seems like all those businesses probably help each other to some degree over time. Yeah. There's people pull in to go to the interior designer, hopefully might see us. So they might see the cabinet person because they're deciding to, to renovate their kitchen, but looking to start with interior designer to get some ideas and then realize that they want to redo the kitchen. And then there's a person right there that they can at least talk to. And so, yeah, it does work out pretty well. And that's what I was looking for when I built the business. I wanted to have businesses surrounding us that do similar work in a similar trade area so that we could, you know, kind of work off from each other from a referral standpoint. Love it. Well, listen, I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're super busy. So carving a half hour out for me means a lot. Love all the success that you've had over the, over the past 18 years. The two things that I need from you are to at some point help me with a theater room, like the one you have at your house, right? Yeah. Which is probably one of the best that I've been in personally. I love it down there. Yeah. And then also you get to get me on web handed at some point. We've been talking about this for yes. too long. Yeah, I know. What? I know another year went by, you know, another year went by. Yeah. It's crazy. The summers in Maine just go by way too fast. And yeah, golf season's wrapping up, which is kind of crazy for us. And uh, yeah, but yes, you need to make it happen. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll make it happen. Let me know. But, yeah. but all right, but I appreciate it. Thanks again for coming on.
Okay. No, thanks for, thanks for having me. And hopefully you get 501 followers or maybe hopefully not down to 498 after this, this episode. So hope hey. I don't drag you down too hard. Just, uh, just spread the word in Canada, my man. I'm in good shape. So All right, bye. Uh, appreciate it. Take care. Right. Have a good one.